Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And it's a Monday, of course. Jason Cameron is joining us to do a great weekend wrap-up of sports. Uh, he has put in uh, extra duty because he wasn't feeling great over the weekend, I hear. So uh, let's all uh, put our hands together, give him a little uh, standing ovation for uh, for uh, participating, uh, even though didn't feel good. Uh, had to miss work a couple of days. Uh, thanks for doing this, even though you're a bit sick. Ah, well, you know what? You got to play hurt sometimes. You got play hurt. So that's what I'm doing. But yeah, unfortunately, I guess even with COVID, you can still catch the cold, common cold, which is what I caught. And so I was just like, well, going to have to take some days off from work because I don't want anybody to get catch what I have. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, you don't look you don't look sick. So I'm glad to see that uh, it hasn't affected you that way. Uh, you look like you're doing all right. Uh, I'm glad the worst is behind you. And and uh, yeah, let's have an awesome podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'll be back to work tomorrow. Uh, we got a long weekend ahead, too. So two long weekends in a row for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh was not planned. But yes, that's the way it worked out. And so uh, yeah, and also too, I'm looking forward to what this um, long weekend coming up for us. Because not only do we have that, I don't know about your production, but we also are getting some days off for American Thanksgiving as well. So no, no way. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think I've heard that. So, but uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's always good when they do that. So um, all the Americans can go home and celebrate with their families and friends and stuff. And uh, that's good. Um, when is that? Is that is that coming up this week or next week? No, I think it's two weekends for two weeks from now, twenty third oh. to twenty fifth or something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, wow. great. Lots of stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Well, and also, too, that depends on if they want to change the schedule, and then all of a sudden we're coming back into work. So it's yeah. it's it's still dependent, so to speak, but that's yeah. the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. I love uh, being off on that day, getting to watch football and stuff, and I've taken it off most years. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll have to maybe look ahead and see, see about doing that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be great. Hopefully, Scott like allows you to do that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, Scott, come on, be a good boss and uh, let me watch football. Let me get some uh, American turkey in me. And yeah, I think it's a it's a really good reason to have a day off. Ah, it's, it's an excellent reason to have a day off. I don't know if you'll see it the same way as us, but you know, yeah. you, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I had a really great weekend. Uh, we did a um, surprise birthday for my dad and uh, shocked him. He didn't have any idea that uh, everybody were going to get together. I think there was 12 of us for a big uh, surprise dinner for him. Um, we did it at the keg and uh, we did it six years to the day. We did a huge surprise birthday for him for his 70th birthday. And uh, my sister had flown in from Australia with uh, my niece and nephew and surprised him. He was super shocked, beyond belief, uh, most shocked I've ever seen him in his entire life. This one wasn't as shocking, but it was still really great. We uh, went to the same restaurant and got together with uh, so much friends and family. And oh, we had just an awesome weekend all around. Uh, I'm really glad we, we made it happen and uh, surprised him. That's awesome. 
That, that that's fantastic to hear. I'm glad he had a, obviously a great time, and then also too, he should be surprised. You know, his daughter doesn't live in this country, so yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool yeah. that you managed to organize all that. It was awesome, so great, and uh, yeah, we watched a, a lot of sports uh, when we were together. Um, we got to see the World Series uh, that ended. Houston Astros uh, celebrated another championship, uh, second in the past uh, six years, and um, the Philadelphia Phillies manager, Canadian guy, uh, he made an absolutely brutal uh, pulling of the pitcher. Brought in another guy, and the guy gave up a three-run home run, lost the game, lost the World Series for them. It was just a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake. I've seen it before in the World Series. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays did it a few years back, and I just thought, well, that's it. I'm never forgiving that guy. And I don't know if I'll be able to ever forgive this guy for what he did. It was super stupid, bad move. The starting pitcher was pitching great. He uh, he hit a guy that was crowding the plate early in the inning. He gave up a hit. There was two guys on, but he had been dealing an amazing gem, and um, it was really a really stupid move on the coach's manager's part. Uh, pulled the pitcher, put in a guy who gave up uh, the winning runs, and uh, that was it. Uh, series over. Uh, no more chances for the Phillies this year, and uh, I. I'm still pissed off about it. I'll tell you one guy that wasn't pissed off about that. There's one guy in particular, happiest yeah. dude ever. <clears throat> Apparently there was a guy that won the biggest sports payout ever. Wow. With $75 million. Really? And he bet that for the Astros to win the World Series, and he won. Holy and he looks like he's actually 75 himself. I don't know how much longer he's going to get to enjoy that money. But seventy-five wow. million. That's incredible! Wow, wow! Oh, good on him. Uh, you you got a picture of him there? Do you? Is that what you're looking at? Well, I I wanted to like okay. So first off, I want to say this. Uh, apparently, you can't believe everything you see on Instagram. I saw it on my Instagram, and I was like, can't be real. I I honestly thought that right away. I'm like, no. I've never heard of anybody winning that much money that is closer to nine figures. I've never yeah. heard of that. So I'm like, so I looked it up and I'm like, well, sure enough, this dude is real. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't know anything about him, but uh, or actually, he has his nickname. I guess he's called Mattress Mac. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so maybe he's staff stuffing all his money underneath his mattress. That's why he's called Mattress <laughs> Mac. And so yeah, but this dude won seventy five million dollars, and I guess maybe he's been. Seeing how old he is, maybe he put that bet down in the forties. I don't know, but huh. seventy-five million is seventy-five. Wow! Million. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder when the bet was made and and why. Uh, maybe it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, Houston uh, wouldn't have been seventy-five to one, and he would one, have had no. one million bucks up on a seventy-five to one. So um, maybe it was maybe it was two million on uh, thirty-seven and a half to one. Or I wonder how the hell he uh, pulled this off, but. Well, Man, good guy. Well, good for him. I, I can read off a little bit of what it was. Apparently, he placed a series of future bets totaling $10 million starting in May on Astros to win the World Series oh. with a weighted 7.5 to 1. That's why he won $75 million. Oh, I see. But he, okay. bet, but he well, bet $10 million. Holy crap. Unreal. Okay. So, 
So, wow. so that's ballsy. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ten million to lose or seventy-five million to win. Nice. So, ma- so mattress, mattress, Matt. Did you call him mattress? Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac. Oh, Mac. Okay. Well, he had he had a thick mattress already with ten million smackers in there. Holy cow! Yeah. Well, he's he's from Houston and he's got a gallery furniture chain. So apparently, man is quite well off. Wow. Now he's a lot better off. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't feel as bad. Uh, I I I was pretty pissed off. I'm a I'm a Phillies fan. Always been my National League team, and so really excited. Uh, first time they had made it this far in many years, and and uh, you know really thought uh, they had a chance, especially after extending the series pretty good. And yeah, it looked it looked great. And then all of a sudden, this horrible mistake, and uh, yeah, we're lost. Uh, Houston uh, has been through a lot uh cheating scandal a lot of people discredited their last world series win uh there was five guys still on that team that won in 2017 um they went through a horrible horrible flood there uh, a couple years back and um but um yeah good on them uh good on the city uh just really wish it didn't come at the expense of the phillies well, you know what? It, somebody had to win, but and unfortunately, it wasn't your Philly. So, what was the final series end? Was it four games to two? Four games to two. Yeah, yeah. yeah Couldn't even get to the seventh game. Well, maybe mm-hmm. next time, Phillies. Maybe next. Yeah, time. yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there was uh, obviously UFC this weekend, uh, NFL Week Nine, uh, NHL Week Four, uh, NBA Week Four, NHL, um, CFL. Uh, 40,000 fans, uh, made it to the Lions game this weekend for their game against Calgary. Uh, did you hear about, uh, about how big of a a big deal it was, um, here at BC Place? No, no, I did not. (laughs) I did not hear anything. Yeah, well, it was the, uh, first game of the playoffs, uh, the division semifinals and, uh, Nathan Rourke finally came back, the Canadian guy, he came back at the... Uh, last game, they threw him in there just to give him a few reps. Didn't didn't really play him much in the final game of the regular season, but he played in this game. Great stats. Uh, 22 for 30, 321 yards and a couple TDs. And uh, they they were able to yeah get a 30-16 win over Calgary, advancing to the Western Division Final against Winnipeg next week. Um, listen to the stats with this guy, Keon Hatcher. Eight catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, touchdown from Hollins, Burnham, and um, yeah, massive win. Uh, Forty thousand fans. I was really, really impressed that uh, Vancouverites were able to come out in such full force. Yeah, no, that is that's super impressive. That's awesome that they did that. But more importantly, I'm kind of surprised that he was able to come back from that injury this year. Yeah, like that's that's amazing recuperative skills by that guy. I know. Yeah, very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that uh, when he went down with the injury, and it sure looked like season ending. But um, yeah, it progressed well. He was able to put it together, and um, yeah, it's looking great. Uh, they're going against uh, Winnipeg, who's are who are the defending Grey Cup champions, two two time defending champions, uh, best team in the league this year by far. And um, it's going to be tough, especially in the cold of Winnipeg. 
but uh york i think gives them a real good chance of pulling this off and uh getting themselves all the way to the great cup would be great yeah well hey uh Hopefully he can pull it off because like he had one heck of a start to the season until the injury. So I, I, I wish him all the best. Hopefully they, they can make it to the yeah. final game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, there's the uh, – speaking of football, there's a Monday nighter playing currently right now. It's the 5-3 and three Baltimore Ravens against the 3-5 and five New Orleans Saints. And uh, the game is – not looking good for the Saints. Uh, it's 27-12 currently with just over four minutes left. And, um, yeah, it looks like uh, Baltimore is going to uh, get to 6-3 and three and 3-6 uh, and six the Saints. Um, I've been watching mostly the Manning cast. Uh, Kirk Cousins was just recently on. And uh, Sean Payton is their guest right now, a former Saints coach. And a current Fox analyst. And, uh, yeah, it's been a fun game to watch. Uh, Lamar Jackson is having a great game as always. Uh, listen to his stats here. He's got he's uh, got 133 yards through the air with a touchdown. Uh, 69 yards on the ground. Uh, Kenyon Drake has scored two touchdowns on the ground. And Isaiah Likely has uh, another touchdown there. And, uh, yeah, Baltimore's... Uh, Looking good. Uh, 27-13 with 4-13 left in this game. Wow. All right. Lamar's getting it done, and the Saints are not. Man, Peyton must be kind of choked. And his uh, poor team is just getting kind of throttled right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, but um, big news today. Uh, Frank Reich was fired from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they had and just an embarrassing loss yesterday. They looked horrible and losing to the Patriots. Uh, it was so bad that uh, immediately Jim Ursay went down and said, uh, boom, get rid of this guy. He's been around too long. We're, uh, this is just this isn't something that I'm not prepared to stand for any longer. And after four and a half seasons, Frank Reich, Walked the plank, uh, took was the fall guy for this uh, terrible performance, and uh, them three five and one on the year, uh, just not good enough for the owner. And uh, yeah, they had to move on. Uh, Jeff Saturday is going to uh, take over the coaching duties, the longtime center, uh, Peyton Manning's uh, good buddy there, and uh, very surprising uh, Saturday. Hasn't been a coach yet, but great analyst on ESPN. Watch him all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, what would you think of the news today? Not surprising. Not surprising. Um, you know, the Colts aren't very good. <laughs> I wonder what Jeff can bring to the table to bring the team back up to, like, just being respectable at this point in time. Yeah. And because I, I just I just see the team as not being very good. So, no. Yes, somebody had to be the fall guy for them not being very good. Obviously, it's the head coach that usually goes. But I don't I, – to me, it doesn't matter what coach you put in there. I, I still don't think the team would be very good. No. So. Well, I felt pretty bad for Sam Erlinger, the uh, new rookie quarterback that they put in there. Uh, they left him to the Wolves. He got sacked nine times. It was like, what the hell, man? Like, protect the guy a little bit. 
Uh, it was it was brutal. I couldn't believe it. Uh, just I watched tons of highlights, and he had forty three passing yards because he just wasn't <laughs> protected. They were just like, oh, oh, Matt Ryan's not playing. I guess we don't have to protect this new guy. Uh, let him let him get uh, hit a few times and see how he does. Oh man, it was it was brutal. Uh, twenty six to three. Uh, absolute thrashing. <laughs> Even the uh, the Patriots actually didn't uh, look good on offense, but oh my God, the Colts ever looked bad there. Oh uh, yeah, the Colts were awful, like like just awful. Like I I was looking at it and just looking at the stats, and I'm just like, all right, so Ellinger threw for 103 yards, the pick. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then the guy, his receiver that had the most receptions, Pierce, one reception, 23 yards. <laughs> That's the most. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was rough. Yeah, he, he he it shows 103 yards, but they only netted 43 because he got sacked so many times. Uh, they lost all this yardage. Uh, it was it was rough. Yeah, man. Uh, they they fired Marcus Brady, their offensive coordinator, last week, and uh, obviously that wasn't the problem because their offense looked even worse. And um, Frank Reich. Uh, as I said, he's gone uh, four and a half years. His record was 40, 33, and one. Um, they made the playoffs uh, three times. They were second in their division three times, made the playoffs three times, but only won one time. Actually, no, made the playoffs just twice, only won one playoff game in that time. Uh, he's the second head coach to be fired this year as Matt Rule was let go last month. Um, yeah, very surprising though. Uh, Jeff Saturday stepping in as the uh new coach, we'll see what he has to do. I think, uh, offensive line, he's familiar with that. Uh, I think he'll be able to evaluate and uh, make some changes. Uh, the trade deadline's gone, so uh, they can't do anything trade wise, but um, th- this is a mess and uh, it's gonna be hard for him to uh, put a stamp on it, but uh, I think probably, as I said. Offensive line first. Yeah, offensive line, uh, possibly, probably looking for a quarterback too at some point in time in the draft or drafts to come. But it yeah. looks like to me like the whole Colts organization is going to have to go into some sort of a rebuild phase because yeah. what they got going on, not working. Yeah, all oh, the Colts fans must have been frustrated. Oh, 0 for 14 on third down, 0 for That's 2 on fourth down, nine punts. Absolute brutal, just brutal, brutal, brutal. I talked about the Raiders being brutal last week. Shut out, but I think this was actually the worst offensive performance that I've seen in years, many, many, many years. This was this was crazy, and and I guess it wasn't a surprise. I thought to myself, yeah, how can how can they be happy there in Indy? And I guess uh, the the owner just said, no, f this, this guy's done. Yeah, well. You know what though? It wasn't that bad. They did manage to put up three points. They got a field goal. So it's not it's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rough. Very rough. But um yeah, lots of great games, lots to get into. Uh I love to do um hero of the week, and I wanna kind of start with that. Uh I kind of actually want to add super to the front of hero of the week and make it superhero of the week. And I think it's because 
Joel Mixon, I think somehow went invisible. Uh, is there an invisible man in the DC universe or, you know, in Marvel or anything? Because somehow they just couldn't see him enough for him to get five touchdowns. Uh, that was bizarre. Uh, I don't know what Carolina was doing, but uh, they weren't they weren't scheming for Mixon. They weren't tackling him, and they allowed him to get Pater five times yesterday. Yeah, and I believe he had four touchdowns just alone in the first half. Yeah. So, so I think Bengals were just like I think Burrow was definitely like, man, I wish all games could be like this. This would be amazing. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, Mixon was. He was unbelievable. Um, I guess they just let him do whatever they wanted. Panthers are just like, hey, let's not cover that guy. That's a great idea. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, it was, was he had a great game. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, 153 yards on the ground, four touchdowns, four for 58 through the air with one on the touchdown. And uh, since he just blew away Carolina, 42-21. Even that score is flattering. It was 35 nothing, And um, – P.J. Walker got replaced by good old Baker Mayfield. Uh, he came in and got a couple TDs, but uh, obviously way too little too late. And uh, Mayfield said, uh, hey, I want to be the starting quarterback. And they said, no, go go sit back down. P.J.'s our starting quarterback week 10. So uh, sorry about that. Not going to happen. Um, for honorable mentions for Hero of the Week, I want to say Tom Brady. Uh, his 55th regular season and 69th all-time comeback. And he hit the 100,000 pass yards in his career, uh, combining uh, playoffs and regular season. Uh, he's like 15,000 ahead of Drew Brees, who's who's retired and gone. And, uh, yeah, we, you and I just always talk about Brady just – Pushing these records farther and farther and farther into the universe so nobody can ever touch him. Uh, he said, you know, see you later, Giselle. Don't care. Need to get 100,000. Need to get more records. See you later. And uh, this is another one that seems pretty untouchable. Well, that's why his marriage is gone. He came back to make sure these things are unreachable. Because he saw what Wayne Gretzky did and said, I want to do the same thing. Football. <laughs> It may cost me a bunch, marriage, children, doesn't matter. I need those records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it seems like it. Uh, I don't think anybody can dispute it. He just he, he keeps wanting to do it. So, uh, yeah, I guess um, yeah, that's that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, he will have all the records, like you said. Wayne Gretzky owns the NHL record book. Tom Brady's going to own the NFL record book very easily. And, uh, yeah, it's not even going to be close. Uh, we're going to be hearing about him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Anytime they talk about anybody doing anything, oh, yeah, but he's not Tom Brady yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not Tom Brady. He's not willing to just, just throw away everything for football because that's how important it is. That's it. It's football. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, hey, hey. I had a wife. Apparently, she was one of the best-looking wives on the planet. Football comes first. Football. Always. <laughs> yeah, <football. laughs> that, that's good. That's good. Um, here's there's a guy who 
actually doesn't put football first, and I'm calling him my zero of the week, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I'm really uh, thinking that he's hit a really uh, – one of maybe the new low, uh, absolutely horrible five-game losing streak. Uh, he took $50 million this year, and uh, he sure hasn't been a $50 million man. Uh, it has it has got really bad there. Uh, three picks to Detroit, worst defensive team in the game. Uh, they had two picks the entire season before this game. Two picks the entire season, the whole team, and they Aaron Rodgers throws three picks. Um, he was he looked bad. He looks worse a week after week after week. And, um, yeah, he doesn't uh, put football first. You can tell. I don't I don't think so, but I'm kind of more curious about who he's going to call out because no. he's, he's not one of those guys that, like, tries to keep it in house. He's just like, no, no, I'm just going to go on a podcast or on TV or anything that will hear me out, and I'm just going to call out my, my teammates again. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't know if you saw that, but did you see how he went crazy once he found out Lazard actually didn't catch that ball? Yeah. It looked like he did have it. And come on, man. Well, first off, I don't even fault Lazard for that. The the ground mm-hmm. caused the fumble. Happens. Right? Yeah. That. But just his reaction, I'm just like, oh, too bad. I, I, I'd hate to be Lazard right now because I know after that game, he got yelled at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he – to me, he's the worst uh, football teammate I've ever seen. I, I've seen I've, – I've seen a lot of bad teammates. We saw Antonio Brown have his meltdown. And you know he looked pretty bad there, but Aaron Rodgers is setting a new bar there. He's he's setting a record book for the worst teammate ever, and I don't think anybody's going to be really happy when he hangs it up. This could be his last season. Uh, he's got sixty million dollars sitting on the table next season, but um, this this seems like the beginning of the end, really. First off, are you serious? Are you seriously trying to tell me that Aaron Rodgers? Working that hard to get that contract, he's gonna leave all that money on the table. He's coming back for another year, buddy. Is he? Oh yeah. yeah. That doesn't even matter. It's like if the team improves, it's great. It doesn't really matter. I need my money. I'm coming back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, could be. You're you're probably right. But yeah, it's uh it's so bad there. It's just amazing. I am shocked at how uh yeah, how full. How the mighty have fallen, two-time MVP, and uh, goes into this year. You think, holy cow, you know, uh, new contract is going to have renewed faith, and and uh, man, it it has it, it just looks it just looks like a complete dumpster fire there, and uh, it I think it's going to get worse. Up uh, the the Packers schedule coming up, they have they just have killers on and on and on. They have tough, tough, tough teams. Uh, it's gonna I think it's going to get worse and worse and worse there. So. Uh, yet to be seen, but uh, here we go. Uh, I want to mention uh, Justin Fields. Uh, yes. He set the record for rushing yards with a quarterback yesterday. Uh, 178 yards on the ground and uh, on, on only 15 carries. Um, this guy is actually <laughs> awesome. He's improving all the time. I love his. I love his throwing game. Uh, you know, he's got amazing wheels. I think he can be as good as Lamar Jackson, uh, maybe Josh Allen, that type of guy. I I I see this guy, if they give him a, a better scheme where he can have 
passing and running. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. And and yesterday was a, an amazing performance. Well, he was he was my dark horse for superhero of the week. Obviously, it was mixing that had five touchdowns, ridiculous. But uh, Fields had almost two hundred yards on the ground. Like, like that's that's, that's ridiculous. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> he was just like a crazy person back there. And and on top of that, like his passing was great, three touchdowns, and yeah. almost you know almost beat the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he was the reason why they were even in it. And, uh, you know, to get three touchdown passes and, and uh, you know, have almost 200 yards himself on the ground and get a touchdown himself. Um, yeah, I, I love watching this guy play. And, and um, yeah, he's he's becoming uh, yeah one of those elite quarterbacks that, you, you know, really could build a team around. Uh, they didn't trust him for a while here. They didn't trust him to throw, but... Uh, finally, they're giving that him that opportunity, and with his legs, um, yeah, he's going to be one of those forces that's really unstoppable. Well, I, I always thought it was kind of odd why they didn't actually just say go for it. You know, like yeah. you, you drafted him for this reason, so give him the ball and see what he can do. Like that—that's the only way that you can gauge a quarterback is if you give him the ball and let him see what he can do. Otherwise, <laughs> you're always just going to have question marks because you're limiting him. Yeah. Stop doing. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, it didn't make sense, but uh, yeah, I think uh, once the reins are off them fully, uh, we're gonna see, we're gonna see the Bears uh, be able to build on on this. And uh, yeah, a few futures looking bright. Uh, they did get rid of a a few of their top defensive players uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, we'll see, you know, with these with the draft picks they bring in, who they're gonna bring in to help help Fields out. But um, yeah, I I love watching this guy play. As I said a few times, so. Uh, okay. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Sunday nighter. Uh, were you able to get a good chance to see that one? Uh, the Sunday nighter that was um, KC, KC Tennessee, KC Tennessee. Yes. Um, I saw a little bit of that game. Um, I was surprised by how close the game was. Mm. Like, like, this is a this is a nail biter. Chiefs had to scratch and claw their way to get this win because especially with okay who's the Titans quarterback again? But Malik Willis. 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 Malik, yeah. Third third string. What are you talking about, Willis? Yeah, exactly. Because I didn't know who Willis was. But uh he he's he's a big man though. I'll give him that. Yeah. And and so even with their third string, they almost beat the Chiefs. Yeah. That's impressive. That's very impressive. And I give all the credit in the world to the Titans defense on this one. They're the ones that kept them in the game. Yeah. Titans defense played amazing. Uh, there was seven uh, seven drives in a row. The Chiefs didn't score a a, a point, didn't get, get a point. And that was uh, a tied for the longest Mahomes has ever went, uh, you know, without getting any points on drives. And uh, Mahomes had to single-handedly – win this game at the end that uh that uh was it it was fourth and it was no it was third and 17 and he got 20 yards yes and then extended the drive then he ran 14 yards for the touchdown and then he put in the two-point convert to uh, pull, out, pull out yeah himself to pull out the win uh Mahomes just had an amazing 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 game He's a guy that we should put in the conversation for 
for hero of the week. Uh, 68 passing attempts, 446 yards passing. Uh, you know, Jesus, this guy is just phenomenal. Uh, also another 63 yards on the ground uh, with a touchdown scored. The guy, um, yeah, just, you know, once um, – once he decides this is it, I, I'm I'm going to win this game. Uh, it's pretty impossible to stop him. Yeah, and especially with his rushing yards coming in actual crunch time, that's where mm-hmm. the bulk of his yards came in was crunch time. And mm-hmm. and I believe his record, his comeback record, is is best like ever. Like his his comeback record for coming back for, for being down is the best ever out of nice. any quarterback right nice. now as we speak. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, he's impressive. Uh, the Titans have a completely different attack with Derrick Henry. Uh, the Titans receivers have the fewest amount of catches, fewest amount of yards, fewest amount of touchdowns. Uh, th- this this receiving core really doesn't get many opportunities. Uh, five completions yesterday. Uh, back on Derrick Henry's back. Uh, he only touched the ball 17 times. I'm not sure why. Because uh, you know, 115 yards and a t- couple touchdowns, uh, he should have been handling the ball another 20, 25, 30 times like normal. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the other thing that didn't make any sense. It's like, okay, so you got this third stringer, where I, I swear I said this last weekend, where all he's got to do is just hand it off. That's what he should have kept doing all the time. You yeah. almost beat them, but I think they could. The Titans, you could argue, could have beat the Chiefs. If they'd given Derrick Henry maybe eight more touches. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Uh, there was a stat partway through the game that showed AJ Brown has got uh, more catches than the entire Titans receiving core. Uh, he has, uh, I think, a, a, almost as many yards, and he has six touchdowns, and the Titans receivers have one. Uh, so they, they really messed up letting this guy go uh that was that was a weapon that they needed to keep and um yeah all by himself in philly he's uh out gaining out catching uh outscoring the whole entire titans receiving core it's a good thing that they got rid of him it's a good thing that they said we don't need you we need you to go away great, <laughs> great job titans great yeah job. Yeah, just as bad as Devontae Adams out of Green Bay. Uh, this is yeah, just just horrible. And I, I just can't. I, I I'm shocked when elite elite receivers get shown the door. Uh, you know, we we saw with Houston DeAndre Hopkins. We see it with Green Bay. Look at how bad Green Bay looks without Adams. Tyreek Hill is a huge loss. Chiefs have you know had a little bit to try to get used to not having him. AJ Brown losing him in Tennessee. Uh, th- this is really dumb. You know, you want to have good quarterback, but that elite receiver makes a massive difference. Makes a massive difference. But at least I would say I'd argue with the Chiefs letting Hill go. That's because they couldn't afford him. Yeah. All right. But with all those other teams that you mentioned, well, they definitely could afford those guys. They chose not to. Yeah. It just boggles the mind. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Very crazy. Um, okay, why don't we, um, yeah, why don't we jump in and, uh, uh, why don't we start with the NFC? We'll, um, we'll cover it from, 
East. We'll start with the East. Uh, Eagles still 8-0, the best in football. Uh, that Thursday nighter uh, last week was the best against the worst. The uh, Eagles against the Texans, Texans' worst team in football. Uh, bit of a snoozer. Um, Eagles, yeah, it was just guaranteed. That was that was where I should have put my $10 million and, and, and won, you know, some money because that was guaranteed. Uh, I didn't even really bother watching this. Watch the highlights. Uh, an easy win here. And, um, yeah, Philly 8-0. Uh, no, and, uh, yeah, they just look to keep keep this ball rolling. Yeah, they just keep rolling. They keep it rolling, man. Hurts was 21-27, 243 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries to 23 yards. The only thing about this game that I was a little bit surprised at was that for the betting line, Eagles didn't cover the spread. Really? They didn't cover. Yeah. Wow. Because it was 13 and a half points, but uh, they didn't cover. So I guess I'll give Texans some credit. Way <laughs> to go. You screwed a lot of people's betting lines. Way to go. Wow. Great that's job. crazy. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> uh, Texans, Damian Pierce was re- heavily relied on. 22 carries, uh, 139 yards. But, uh, man, this – this offense does not look good. And uh one six and one on the year. Um the Houston goes to New York to play the G-Men early. Uh Philly hosts the four and five commanders one week for, from tonight. Um on the Monday night or so. Uh okay, second place in the division has Dallas sitting at six and two, and the Giants six and two. Uh Dallas had a bye. Uh, they go to Green Bay to uh, make the Packers' misery even worse. And uh, the Giants also had a bye. And as I said, they play the Texans. So, um, yeah, look for both of those teams to advance to 7-2 and two and uh, keep it going. Um, the Washington – Washington sits at 4-5. and five. They lost to the Vikes. Uh, more on them a little bit later. We'll talk about them when we get to the Vikes. Uh, NFC West Seahawks still in first place in the division. Um, really putting the doubters and the haters to shame. Uh, 10 point win over the Cardinals, who fell to three and six, six and three Seahawks, and um, looking great 31 21. Great win. Gina looked great again. Uh, very accurate 26 34, 275 yards, uh, 38 yards on the ground, and Kenneth Walker, the third, was great again, 109 yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns, and um, Noah, Noah Fent, uh, good, really good pickup by them, got about 100 yards on five catches, and Lockett and Metcalf, both TD catches. Um, Seattle's for real. Uh, they, they're, they're doing great. Uh, surprising, most still, and even putting Geno Smith in that kind of MVP consideration. Yeah, which is just amazing because a lot of people, myself included, thought Seattle would have one of their worst seasons ever, like ever. That's what I that's what I kind of expected. Now, this what they're doing instead is completely unexpected. And I'm very impressed with the fact that they they've managed to rally. They've managed to rally around their new quarterback who hasn't let them down and is leading them. Six yeah. and three in the tops of their division. 
It's amazing. Yeah. Their defense was a little suspect uh, earlier this year. They've been able to shore that up and look great. Uh, Jordan Brooks had uh, 11 tackles, and Nawosa had two of the four sacks on Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray just had an average day, 175 yards through the year, a couple touchdowns, 60 yards on the ground. Um, uh, Ertz and D-Hop had the TD catches. Rondale Moore uh, looked pretty good, but... Um, James Conner, uh, great on the ground, but he just didn't get the ball enough. And uh, Seattle, um, yeah, Seattle put them down in the division and uh, really looking strong. Uh, Seattle gets to go to Germany to play Tampa Bay. Uh, it'll be early Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 in the east. Uh, looking forward to seeing a game in Germany uh, against the Bucks. Uh, Bucks are struggling. Uh, I can see Seattle winning this one. I can definitely see Seattle winning this one. I can definitely. Actually, I think that this is their first time going to Germany play, right? Yeah, I think this is the first time NFL, yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's a big deal. Maybe that's another reason why Brady came back. He's like, oh, I've never, I've never been to Germany. I want to go. I'm going to come <laughs> back and play. <laughs> it could be, yeah. <laughs> I think he's got enough money where he could have went on his own, but uh, no, yeah, no, no, might no, as well no. get somebody to pay for it. He's frugal. He's a smart man with his money. I'd rather just get paid and play and then go to Germany. <laughs> right. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Uh, interdivisional game with the Rams. Uh, cards going to the Rams. Uh, late window on Sunday. Um, let's, let's talk about the Rams. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions sit three and five on the year after losing a heartbreaker to Tom Brady. Um, Brady took the ball with 44 seconds left and was able to cap off a 60 yard drive with a touchdown to Kate Auten. Uh, first touchdown to a tight end in the Bucks this year after Gronk left. And as I said, um, great. Comeback win, hundred thousand passing yards, and um, this was a this was a definite battle between the two defenses. But um, yeah, Brady threw it uh, fifty eight times, fifty eight times. The old timer still has an arm on him. Uh, they, why are they giving him the ball fifty eight times to to throw it? it does, to me, that doesn't make sense. Their running game sucks. Beyond belief, I think it's the worst running game. Officially, I think it's the worst running uh, by half season in NFL history. But, but like, don't they know that they got to establish a bit more of a running game? This is crazy. It's almost like they've given up on it. Like, like, I, like I think they, they might have given up on it in the third game into the season. Like, I, I think they're just like, we don't have a running game. We don't have the offensive linemen to make a great running game. We're just going to give up. We're just going to give Brady the ball and be like, old man, I'm going to need you to like pass the ball at least 50 times a game. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, and win the games. Thanks. Uh, un right. Yeah, unreal, man. Shocking. Like, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with Fournette. Uh, his average was 2.1 yards yesterday. Um, he was one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, they they just they they can't get the ball going. But uh, yeah, Brady fifty eight times. I I was really shocked when I saw 
how how many times he actually passed the ball yesterday. Um, what's wrong with the Rams? What is wrong? Are they going to be able to sort this thing out? Uh, it, they, they're looking bad. I'll say one thing that's not wrong with the Rams. Cooper Cup again. Yeah. Yeah. Eight receptions, 127 yards, one touchdown. If there's one thing that's not wrong, it's that guy. That guy's yeah. going to be fun. Now, with the rest of the team, <laughs> I think they have maybe not to the same extent, but they have the same problem as the Bucks. They don't have a running game either. Oh. Rams don't have a running game. They just, it's just like non-existent. And yeah. Stafford, I don't know. He doesn't look completely comfortable back there. I don't know oh. why. Maybe I don't know if it's because of the ling- lingering elbow issue that he had in preseason, but he just he doesn't look like the same dude. He just doesn't no. right now. No, he looks definitely doesn't look sharp at all, and um, yeah, it's it's strange. It it really doesn't uh, make sense, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, three and five, um, really tough. Uh, both these teams are in tough. Um, Bucks obviously playing in a, you know an easy division, so they're uh, tied for the lead in their division. But Rams are um, yeah not good. Um, 49ers had a bye. Uh, in this division, they host the Chargers on the Sunday nighter. As I said, Rams play the Cards, and the Bucks play the Seahawks in Germany. So, um, okay, why don't we talk about the NFC North, uh, the Vikings? Um, is this is this the best team now in you know in, in football? Is this one of the teams that you really have to say, "Holy cow!" Uh, you know, look at look at them, seven and one. Uh, just great, great, great team. They they squeaked out a win against Washington, but um, man, uh, they're just rolling along. Uh, you know, nobody's really talking about the Vikings, but I think they're one of the best teams in the game. Well, they're finding a way to win. All right, like let, 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 we'll give them, give them credit where credits due. They're finding a way to win. Yeah, they're seven to one. Oh man, I, I still somewhat have question marks. You know, like, like I, I don't know why they're right. seven to one. I, maybe I shouldn't have these question marks, but I still do about the Vikings. Um, but hey, if they they just keep on winning, they keep yeah. on winning, and they manage to get um, uh, T.J. Hawkinson at the trade deadline, and he's yeah, nine receptions, seventy yards. You know, and he's going to continue to pay them dividends as the season goes forward. And Cousins yeah. was solid, twenty-two of forty-two hundred sixty-five yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, and then Justin Jefferson again doing what he does: seven receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jefferson's super solid and amazing, and yeah, that was a big pickup by by them getting Hawkinson, and uh, yeah, he he'll be Mister Reliable. Uh, just coming in this week on Tuesday, being able to get nine catches, 70 yards. That's uh, amazing, and um, yeah, I, I I I think they're real. I think they're real, and uh, we've got to trust Cousins and Dalvin Cook. Uh, didn't have a great game, but uh, he's a weapon that uh, is hard to stop. And uh, but the ca- Commanders, uh, nothing noteworthy there. Uh, nothing really to mention except finally, it looks like Dan Snyder is selling the team, and we won't have to deal with this idiot anymore. Uh, I'm just frustrated with Dan Snyder his entire time owning the team. It's been a joke, horrible run organization. Uh, just a guy that we just don't want to be involved with NFL football. 
Um, he's going to sell this team between uh, six and seven billion. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, he's able to laugh all the way to the bank, but it'll be nice to see him out of the game. I'm surprised that he's actually capitulated and is willing to sell the team. I don't know what the NFL threatened him with because we know that he's threatened the NFL and all the other owners with stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm quite curious. I know these are things we'll never probably know. But I'm wondering what the NFL said to him to say, well, I don't know about you, buddy, but I'd sell the team or this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been threats. Uh, It could have been or just got tired of being everybody just ripping him to shreds in media all the time because, yeah, I haven't heard a nice thing said about that guy uh, maybe ever. No, I – wait a second. I was going to say maybe it was eight years – no, no. I'm wrong. I was going to say maybe eight years ago. I think it was spring, maybe April. Somebody said something nice, but I think I'm wrong. Never. Not one thing. No, nice. No. He, he just, yeah, him and his wife can uh, just sail off into the sunset and, uh, yeah, not be criticized as much as as he was because, uh, yeah, he just does not seem like a human being that, uh, yeah, we want to hear from anymore. We want to see anymore. We just, yeah, want to be – uh, yeah, just have, like I said, involved in the game at all. It's just been just been terrible, and it'll be nice to, to you know, for them to get somebody in there that we respect and we uh, actually want to talk about and hear from. So um, uh, Vikings played Buffalo on Sunday in New York. Uh, the Commanders, uh, four and five on the year. Uh, they go to Philly to play the Eagles, uh, as I said, the Monday night or a week from now, uh, so yeah, could be some big trouble there. Um, okay, speaking of the North, still, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, as I mentioned, uh, our zero or my zero of the week, um, five in a row, first time since uh, his rookie year, and um, yeah, they're just uh, incredible. Uh, could only score nine points on this Detroit defense, and everybody's lighting up all year. As I mentioned earlier, three picks by him when Detroit only had two in the entire season. And um, Kirby Joseph was able to pick off Rodgers twice in the game. And uh, the, that defense really was great. Uh, uh, we've been talking about them needing a defense, needing a good performance. Finally, we got that out of Detroit, and and they got a big win. Yeah, and and, and, and unexpectedly, it came against the, the Packers. Which was which is pretty impressive, you know. Like that's an impressive win. Williams was fantastic, twenty-four carries and eighty-one yards. Goff did enough, under thirty-seven yards, fourteen to twenty-six, with two touchdowns. And then Rogers, well, I, I want to say wasn't two of those those interceptions deflections. I want I want to say that I think I know one was at least for sure. Yeah, one, was, yeah, one was at least. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He just had a, he had a tough day at the office, but at the same time, three interceptions against any team in the NFL is not going to get it done. No. It's not going to get it done. You're gonna you're gonna more than likely lose that game, and that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, and as I said, uh, three and six, uh, they're pretty much toast this year. Uh, they're not going to win the division. Uh, it's probably not going to be likely they'll get a wild card. Uh, they host the Cowboys. Uh, they're they're the teams that they have to face. Uh, it's crazy. I, I got to pull it up real quick and sh- and just 
show you uh let you know about the the teams uh it it's just amazing what their schedule is coming up uh i i was shocked to see all the <laughs> all the killers that they have to play in the next little while so uh cowboys this coming sunday uh they play the titans next thursday then they play the eagles uh they have to play the dolphins the vikes and uh intermix in there they got the lions again and they got the rams and the bears but uh yeah a lot of tough teams in there uh yeah i i could see them falling out and being eliminated uh, within the next three four weeks yeah because like for those next uh three to four games you just mentioned they can lose all those games all of them and then yeah. then done their season's pretty much over so yeah exactly um Lions go to Chicago in the early window to uh, next week. And uh, speaking of Chicago, uh, Justin Fields uh, looking great. I did mention him earlier with that 178 yards on the ground. Uh, just this, uh, this is such an athletic guy. Uh, just incredible. Um, what a game that was. Oh, I think that was probably the game of the weekend. Uh, yeah. 35 32 against the Dolphins. Um, Tua, Tua must be so happy that uh, they were able to get the cheetah. He's got the cheetah and the penguin. And, uh, you know, every week he just has to throw it up for them. They're going to haul it in and uh, score touchdowns. And, and uh, holy cow, wow, this is, this is phenomenal for him. Uh, they acquired Jeff Wilson on Tuesday and he was, he contributed as well. He got a touchdown. He had in about 72 yards himself and uh, another weapon for Tua to have. And, and uh, yeah, Dolphins, um, I'm impressed. Uh, this is a good team. Yeah, this is a good team. And I and I got to say, I got to say, I love Waddle's touchdown dance. Like where he does the, the penguin Waddle. I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm a big fan of that. Just That's awesome. Nice but, um, but, yeah, Tua's – Tua's been doing great since he's come back from uh, from the head injury and stuff, from the concussion. So hopefully the Dolphins can keep it rolling. And uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, they're 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 fantastic right now. Yeah, they sure are. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Bears are three and six. Lions are two and six. Uh, Packers three and six, and that's the North. Uh, turn to the South. We've got two teams that lead the South. At four and five, the Bucks and the Falcons and the Saints uh, are three and six, falling behind. Panthers two and seven. Uh, we mentioned the Bucks, um, but uh, let's talk about the Falcons. Uh, they, uh, uh, yeah, they had another. Um, yeah, how did it? How did it turn out for the Falcons? Uh, let me see here. Why don't I have that right up in front of me here? Oh, yeah. Okay, here it is. Um, yeah, tell me about uh, your Falcons. That's your team. Well, they lost again. Yeah, yep, yep. What a surprise. Uh, but they were in tough. They were in tough yeah. against the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. They, they, they 20 to 17 for the Chargers. Um, Mariota, Marcus Mariota, 12 of 23 for 129 yards. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. No. That's unfortunate. That's not going to get it done. But I will say 
Their running attack was very good, though. Uh, yeah. Algier, Algier, I think it's called Algier. 10 carries for 90, 94, 99 yards, and then one reception for 24 yards. And Cordell Patterson had two touchdowns, That's 13 nice, yeah. carries, 44 yards. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, though, that Mariota just didn't have enough uh, through the air to get it done. Uh, but Herbert, Ebo certainly did. 36 of 43, 245 yards, one touchdown. And mm-hmm. he did that without his two top receivers. He's missing Keenan Williams. Mike Williams is out. So his new his new best receiver, his new best buddy, Palmer, eight receptions for 106 yards. Did yeah. well. Yeah, Eckler had a great game. And, uh, yeah, he is definitely missing Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. That's been tough on Herbert. Uh, Josh Palmer uh, filled in admirably. But uh, when you're missing your top two guys, it's tough. Uh, the air attack from the Falcons was was rough, really bad. But, uh, yeah, like you say, uh, great running attack. A couple TDs for Patterson and Algier. Uh, yeah, he had, like, almost 10 yards per carry. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, the uh, kicker Cameron Dicker uh, nailed a 37-yarder as time expired to get the big victory for the Chargers. Um, did you see that crazy double fumble play where Eckler fumbled, uh, Falcons grabbed it, was running down the field, and uh, then the Falcons fumbled it back, Chargers jumped on it, had that opportunity to march down and get that winning field goal. Yeah, no, that, that was that was absolutely nuts. And then again, one of the plays where the Falcons had it, they had a chance, yeah. and they blew it. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. they just have a way of doing that. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, it's tough. Uh they they should have a easier performance, uh or easier opponent. They get to go to Carolina on Thursday nighter. And the Chargers go for uh, go to San Fran for the Sunday nighter, so that could be um, that could be better. Uh, okay, let's um, let's just talk about uh, the Saints. Yeah, their performance tonight uh, wasn't great. Uh, they fall down. Uh, Ravens uh, six and three now, looking pretty strong in this uh, division. And uh, Saints go to Pittsburgh. Next week, and the Ravens host the Panthers. Um, Panthers are a terrible two and seven. Um, it was rough. Obviously, we talked about Mixon off the top being the hero of the week, but um, do you want to mention anything more about uh, this incredible performance by Cincy and a huge, huge win for them for 42 21? Uh, yeah, Burrow was incredibly accurate. 22 of 28 for 206 yards, one touchdown, no picks. And uh, one of his receivers, ah, T. Higgins, seven receptions, 60 yards. Not yeah. bad, but he was, yeah. but he, he, he spread it around. But obviously, the focal point for this win was Mixon. Just give it to him, he'll be in good hands. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was massive. What a game. Um, he, yeah. That's career game, five touchdowns, and yeah, we'll, won't we won't forget about that one for a long time. Uh, Panthers fall to one and three under Steve Wilkes as the head coach. Um, bit of controversy now with their um, uh, quarterback controversy, but uh, two Panthers coaches were fired uh, today. 
their cornerback coach Evan Cooper walked the plank, and uh, their defensive line coach Paul Pascalani uh, was also fired. So they're cleaning house there. Uh, they're getting rid of lots of the guys, and uh, this is a bad team that uh, needs an overhaul there for sure. Yeah, they they desperately need an overhaul. Uh, they're not very good. I, I you know what? Now that I think about it, you should just fire all the coaches. Yeah, fire them all. Like I think they still keep retaining their special teams coaches. Don't know why, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's just like yeah. oh, none of your coaches are doing very well. No, just clean house and just start over. See what happens. Well, clean it. Yep, that's true. Yep. Uh, the Bengals have a bye, and they play Pittsburgh uh, on their return uh, in a couple weeks. Um, okay, let's talk about the AFC. Uh, we've talked about most of the games in the AFC, but we'll just uh, go through some of them to talk about who's the division leaders and stuff. Um, Buffalo still in first, but uh, they lost a real tough one to the New York Jets. Um, everybody expected the Bills were going to be able to beat them. Typically, they do. Uh, the Jets' defense picked off Josh Allen twice and and got a really amazing 20-17 to 17 win there. Yeah, it was amazing because it was like, wow, did that actually really just happen? That, that did really just happen. Allen, had a, he had a tough game. He had a tough game, with those, especially with those two interceptions that he threw. But he he did run for two touchdowns on nine carries for 86 yards. You know, like, yeah. if he's having it, like, that's the one great thing about Allen. If he's having a tough time through the air, he can still get it done with his legs. Like, yeah. all the great quarterbacks now at days can. Because you got Allen that can do that. We saw Mahomes do it, win the game. Got mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson that does that all the time. Like, yeah. there's so many guys now that can – they have Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Even Daniel Jones for the Giants. You have all these guys that have the ability to run as well as pass. And Allen has that, but unfortunately just didn't have enough to get past the Jets. Yeah, is- J-E-T-S, Jets. Crazy. Yeah, shockingly, uh, they – they, yeah, they're, they're blowing everybody away. They, uh, they're they 6-3 and three just behind the Bills. And, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, also 6-3, and three, the Dolphins, as we talked about, uh, they they beat uh, – they, they were able to get their win. And, um, yeah, wow, well, this this is an impressive division. Uh, Patriots are also 5-4 and four after their 26-3 uh, win over the Colts and sealing Frank Wright's fate. And uh, this is a fun division. Uh, this is going to be a, a great division to follow the whole entire season. Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of surprising that all of these teams are go- doing as well as they are. Well, not the Bills, but all the rest, and especially the Jets. Like, especially yeah. the Jets. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, still, I'm still amazed that the Jets managed to pull out this win, but a great win by the Jets. Definitely, yeah. Um, okay, the AFC uh, West now. Uh, Chiefs are at top six and two. Chargers five and three, second. Broncos three and five, and the Raiders, uh, probably one of the biggest disappointments of the season. Uh, Raiders two and six, not doing good at well at, at all. Um, Broncos had a bye week, three and five. Uh, Raiders lost to the Jags. They were up by seventeen. 
I think this is the – is this the third game? They've been up by 17 points and lost, setting an NFL record. Uh, this is um, this is crazy. This is falling apart really badly. And after Devontae Adams went there, uh, I thought I think a lot of people really thought this team was going to, uh, you know, definitely compete for a playoff spot and and if not go farther. And uh, it has got it's getting worse and worse there. And uh, I'm not sure what's wrong, but uh, this is a bad football team. Yeah, um, I thought the Raiders were going to win this game. They're yeah. up 17 nothing. Well, I'm like, all right, so. Maybe the other teams a little bit better, but this is the Jags we're talking about. It's the Jags. Yeah, they, they should be able to beat the Jags. I I was wrong. I, I was very very wrong. So Lawrence twenty three to thirty one, two hundred thirty five yards, one touchdown, six carries, fifty three yards. He actually led them back. Yeah, he brought them back into this game. And then his good old reliable running back Etienne Junior twenty eight carries, one hundred nine yards, two touchdowns. Like yeah, man, like um. The Jags did really well. But at least for the Raiders, they actually listened to me. I don't know if they heard me. They probably heard the podcast. But I remember I said, I don't know why they don't pass Adams, Devontae Adams, the ball more. That would probably do a lot of good for them. They just kept passing the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And he had a massive game. 10 receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. He had a big, big, big time game. Yeah. Unfortunately, just not enough. Yeah, bizarre, uh, strange that um, yeah they weren't able to get anything really out of anybody else. But um, yeah, Adams uh, after last last week's performance, one catch, three yards. You thought, what the hell is going on here? Uh, they did listen and they listened to you and made the change. But uh, you you got to tell them next time. Also get another secondary or third guy in there. Like the, you know, the Rams need to know that too. Cooper cup, you know, every week, but nobody else. Uh, you need a secondary guy, don't you? Yeah, no, you, you obviously do need a secondary guy. And that's why when the Rams won, Odell Beckham Jr. was such an instrumental part of that because all of a sudden they're, they're like, oh, we just can't double cup all the time. So there's that other guy that's really good on the other side, right? So you you need somebody to alleviate the pressure from your top receiver, or else they're just going to double team or triple team them all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so the AFC West division we've covered that. Uh, the Chiefs host the Jags. Uh, Chargers uh, play the 49ers Sunday night. Broncos go to Tennessee, and the Raiders host the cards so oh no Raiders host the Colts sorry um yeah and Colts are in in big trouble so this that'll be a, that should be a, a tough game to watch um uh, yeah go ahead no no that that'll be that should be a game where the Raiders should be able to take advantage of the fact that you know the Colts are going through this transitionary phase and they have a new head coach will have a new philosophy that, that should be their chance to win a game. Yeah. Now, if they can't beat the Colts, mm, problems. Big, big, problems. Big, big problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Ravens got the big uh, – in the AFC North, Ravens got the big win tonight. They're 6-3 and three now. Uh, they have a bye coming up next week. Uh, the Bengals, 5-4 and four in second. Uh, they also have a bye. Uh, and uh, – they had a bye this week, sorry, and next week 
They play Pittsburgh in the Sunday nighter. Uh, Broncos also, oh, sorry, Browns had a bye week, and uh, they're next in Miami. And Steelers uh, holding up the rear, uh, two and six, had a bye this week, and they host the Saints this coming Sunday. Um, so Ravens first five and three, Bengals no six and three, Bengals five and four, Browns three and five, and Steelers two and six. Uh, most of these teams had buys. Uh, AFC South, um, Titans are still in first five and three, uh, even though they lost to KC last night. Uh, they host Denver on Sunday, Colts, as we said, um, they play Vegas. Uh, Jags go to KC and Texans uh, against the Giants. Texans are worst team in football. One six and one is the record, and and that's all I have for the NFL uh, week number nine. Oh, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we had a we had a UFC um, this weekend. Uh, another one from vegas and um it's uh it was great there was a lot of fun things to cover but uh the biggest news that's been coming out today is this betting scandal um the there is an investigation going on over the Derek minner fight uh somehow there was some information leaked about Derek Minner having a previous knee injury before he stepped into the octagon. Uh, the odds changed significantly uh, in favor of his opponent. Uh, massive, massive, massive millions of dollars were placed betting on him. Uh, getting a uh, quick finish in the first round, knockout finish, and uh, they're... Um, yeah, they, they think that somehow this information was leaked out and uh, everybody knew about Minner. Uh, I don't think the fans, uh, you know, regular fans heard about it, but somehow the betters did. And uh, this was a, a huge, huge thing that, that's been talked about all day. And uh, it, it has been talked about the last couple of weeks because the UFC about two weeks ago made an announcement that fighters were no longer allowed to place bets in these sports books. Um, and uh, we, we've seen some of this craziness come fo to the forefront recently. And uh, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts hearing about this investigation taking place now? Probably it was only a matter of time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because of the fact that uh, fighters are their own worst enemies at times, right? Uh, they want to do, they want to get in there, they want to fight, they want to fight for the families, got to put food on the table, they got to do all these things, right. right? Right. But at the same time, I think the UFC has to do more on on the on 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 looking at their physical capabilities before they step into octagon to fight. You right. can't just take these guys' word for it that they say I'm good, because let's be honest. The TJ Dillashaw thing with yeah. his shoulder, that could have easily been the same thing as the Derek Minner thing. Yeah. Uh, for some for whatever reason, they were able to keep it in-house and it never got out. But of course, eventually something like this was always going to get out. Yeah. Because you allow fighters that can't win to fight. Yeah. That's the problem. That's a problem. 
Severe problem. Um, Minner threw a kick to uh, Shaylin Nerden Becky uh, about 30 seconds into yeah. the fight. Um, he uh, obviously grimaced as he put his leg down to the canvas, threw it again. When he stepped back down again, uh, he just collapsed. Nerden Becky was able to get on top of him and, and uh, finish the fight really quickly. Um, I'm thinking this can possibly change the sport for the better. Uh, this is a, a little bit of a black eye right now, but uh, I've always thought that this is crazy that they do weigh-ins. They check the exact, make sure these guys are exact weight, these girls and guys, but they don't actually do a test to see if he's physically he's able fit. to go in and, and yeah. physically fit to fight. Uh, that seems crazy. I think the same day that they're doing the weigh-ins, they go, they make sure that they can hear, they can see, they can breathe properly, they uh, can, you know, move their extremities without, uh, you know, falling down, without having pain and not separating your shoulder, all this kind of stuff. I'm amazed that this hasn't been done before uh, to test the, you know, physical fitness of a guy getting into the cage and fighting. But um, hopefully this will start making them do this. I think so. If you got a scandal on, on this level, first off, let's be honest. They're actually quite lucky. What if this was a title fight that came out? Oh, wait, the title fight like with TJ Dillashaw and, and, and Aljamain Sterling. Right. What if that had happened and that yeah. information got out? That would have been a lot worse. So with yeah. them dealing with the fact that, yes, it was on the main card, but it was not big-name people, at least they can they can deal with that. It's right. it's not on a on a on a certain like level where there's like oh my god this this is actually this is horrendous this is horrible. Yeah. So with that information that they now have, changes need to be made quite clearly, quite clearly because mm -hmm. now we've seen it what two or three times in the last couple of UFCs where guys are getting into the octagon injured, not having any chance to win. So yeah, that that's it's got to change. So Uncle Dana is going to have to do something about that, or else he's actually putting, like, in jeopardy, the um, I, what I want to say is like uh, the respectability of the UFC, the fact yeah. that you, we you, we need to know if you're betters that you can trust the UFC, yeah. they can trust what's going on. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, I think they definitely need to you know be. Uh, cognizant of that because a lot of people are you know pouring money into this and uh, this you know could change people's lives uh, you know, winning or losing um, the odds on Nerd and Becky defeating Minner uh, just it moved massively in the hours leading up to the fight it alerted uh, quite a few people and they were quite shocked uh, some of the books took the fight right off the uh, off the table weren't able to betters weren't able to actually go in there and make any bets um money just poured in on the favorite to win by ko in the first round and for the fight to last fewer than two and a half rounds um nerd and becky had never had a finish in the ufc going into this uh so it, it sort of alerted um them and um an analysis is being conducted by the uh u.s based betting integrity firm uh, they think that uh, somehow, um, yeah, the the word that Minner was was hurt and uh, went in, yeah, 
went into the fight uh yeah with with this pre-existing knee problem um yeah right away yeah as soon as he threw that he grabbed his knee you knew something was wrong uh, as soon as the fight was ended even the the announcers weren't quite sure what was going on but uh he kept rubbing at his knee and you could tell something was wrong there and and um yeah this this was tough to watch uh we just saw it a couple weeks ago with tj dillashaw as you mentioned but um yeah i think i think it could be a good thing in the end that uh it might change the sport for the better yeah i, I think it is i think it is a good thing because I think this scenario was always a possibility. It yeah. was always there. It, it just it just so happened that it happened now, finally. And yeah. I, I think it's a good thing because now they can address it and they can change what needs to be changed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's get to the card. Let's break down some of this card. Uh, main event, uh, Amanda Lemos and Marina Rodriguez. Um, Jason Herzog, um, called the end of this fight because he was disgusted at how horrible the fight was. It was so boring and crappy. Uh, there was nothing going on. And, uh, he just said, okay, that's it. As soon as Lamos landed a couple shots and pushed, uh, Reed Rodriguez back. Okay. That's it. No over. It was way too quick of a stoppage, but, um, I wasn't sad that it was over. Cause I, I thought this fight was pretty bad. I didn't like it at all. You thought that was a quick stoppage? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to be honest. Um, I think it was when Lemos hit Rodriguez with a left. I want to say I thought it was the left hook, where Rodriguez just stood there like, Ooh, like that's when I was like, oh, no, she's super stunned. And then bing, 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 bing. Like, all right. All that was going to happen if he didn't step in and stop it was her punching her into the mat and then <laughs> out of the octagon probably, right? She was already stunned. I was okay yeah. with the stoppage. Okay. And and as for yourself, I was okay with the stoppage because fight wasn't that great. So I was just no. okay with it. Period. Like I, I was just all right with it because yeah. what actually happened in this fight was you had two ladies that respected each other's power, so they didn't throw anything. Yeah. They, they circled each other, kind of kind of like Kirk versus Spock in Star Trek. Circling and circling. Yeah. Yes, there were some punches thrown, but. I thought personally that Lemos's power would eventually be the determining factor in this fight, which is what it was. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she is a powerful girl. I was surprised that she was so afraid of Rodriguez and kept, uh, you know, just kept at, at distance and kept feeling her out. That whole first round, you're like, okay, uh, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe they're both being cautious first round, but second round was more of the same. Really just really getting frustrated with a lot of these women's fights where you know the they have the power um you know get in there and, and mix it up and uh you know show how superior you are uh lamos has that you know knockout ability uh i think the stop fight was stopped too early but as i said um, i think herzog and and most of us were like ah oh, who cares uh let's you know <laughs> let's get on with her night and <laughs> let's move on uh, it was it wasn't that great of a fight, and uh, you know there's been too many of these in the UFC uh, these women's fights, but um, that's the way it goes. Uh, why don't we uh, talk about the co-main? I really love this fight. Uh, two tough warriors, Neil Magny and and Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, love love both these guys. Uh, hell of a great battle, and uh, this was one one going into the third round. 
Uh, great, great war between both. Uh, kudos to Neil Magny for setting the all-time record for most wins in welterweight history, passing the great George St. Pierre. And uh, still at 35 years old, probably has a few good years left. And uh, to take on such a killer and Daniel Rodriguez and, and beat him in this great fashion with a, a really good um, submission, I, I was I was very impressed with Magny here. Yeah, because Magny had to dig deep. Was well, not an easy win. Like he he had to dig deep. I love yeah. the fact that his his coaches in his corner just yelled at him. It's just like you're not doing enough. Like they just just yelled at him. Like what, what yeah. are you doing up there? I love that because Magny yeah. responded to it. He was like, "All right, well, then I'll take him out in the third. He's like, "Well, yeah, that's what you got to do. Now go get, get to it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fantastic. Like I yeah. thought Rodriguez in the first had the opportunity to get him out of there real quick. He dropped Magny. And then yeah. I was like, oh, this this could be done. But Magny, the veteran that he is, weathered the storm. And he yeah. just he just kept grinding, just kept grinding it out. And that's the one great thing about Magny that I, I've always remembered is that that dude is incredibly hard to actually take out of a fight. Sure, he just yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's been in uh... – in the cage for about six hours worth of fighting time. Uh, love this Haitian sensation. Uh, I, I was, this was styles make fights to me. Uh, you know, being Magni, being six, uh, being six inches taller, having that big reach advantage. Uh, Rodriguez, so much more solid, so much thicker. Uh, his punches were, you know, really doing damage when he was landing them flush. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, Magni is tough as nails and just, Kept at it, um, got got the most takedowns in uh, welterweight history. Past Kamara Usman, uh, Usman still has a chance to get that record back again. But um, that Darce choke, uh, just to, be, to get an armbar in a Darce choke like that, it hasn't been done very often in in, in the UFC and uh, in mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, just great, great, great performance. Um, he called out uh, Gilbert Burns, wants to fight Burns next, but Burns does have an opponent already for that um, fight in Brazil coming up January 21st. So uh, Magni will have to be the backup. Uh, there was an announcement to Burns' fighting. Burns said he would love to fight Magni, but uh, he already has an opponent. Um, there's talk about... The possibility of Magni fighting Sean Brady, Vicente Luque, or Bilal Muhammad, if um, Burns can't be can't be the next opponent, that'll be fun. All great opponents for Magni to fight. Like, yeah, as far as far as I'm concerned, Magni can fight any of those guys or anybody above. He's earned that right. He's been a part of the UFC for a long, long time now. That's how you get amassed 20 wins in yeah. the division. So. Well, whoever they throw at him, Magni's going to deliver. He's always going to give you a great fight. Uh, there was talk today about uh, D-Rod facing Max Griffin next. So um, that would be nice if they put that together. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, the fight right before, we did mention Derek Minner and uh, Shai Lewan. Uh, Nerden Nerdenbeke, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we don't have to talk too much more about it, but uh, they said once Minner's 
uh, healthy. Um, they want to put him against Chase Hooper and uh, Shaylin uh, against Louis Saldana is uh, okay. who they think's next for him. I, I I'm gonna be honest. If Minner is healthy, I don't know if Chase Hooper stands a chance. I just right. wasn't very impressed with the last time I saw Chase Hooper in there because no. like it, it looked to me like like Minner would just like like eat him up. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um. Okay. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the flyweight fight? Uh, Nate Manis, um, overmatched here. Yeah. Super fast finish by Ulan Bekov. Um, guillotine choke that was standing. Uh, just forced forced Chris Tonioni to stop it. Uh, another AKA guy from Dagestan, Russia. That um, yeah, looks pretty pretty great, pretty crazy. Uh, talked about, um, you know, the, the Mega Medoffs and, and the AKA team there. And, um, yeah, that's Dana. Hey, Dana, 50,000, please. Uh, that's the only English we got out of him, but uh, great performance. Ah, great performance. Uh, super quick finish. Yeah, Manus was overmatched. I, I love the fact with the guillotine choke that he put in. I think there was also a part of a neck crank in there along with the guillotine choke. So mm. it's like, well, broken neck, choked out, or just tap. Madness goes to tap. Yeah. Job. <laughs> Way to go, yeah. Um, so there was talk about uh, next for Ulan Udenbekov, uh, David Dvorak or Manel Cape, or the winner between Jeff Molina and Jimmy Flick. Uh, Manus, uh, I heard Odie Osborne possibility of his next opponent. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Grant Dawson, Mark Madsen. Madsen comes in uh, undefeated, three-time Olympian, uh, 38 years old, um, Greco-Roman wrestler, but uh, not, not, not as good of a wrestler as Dawson. Dawson dominated uh, when this fight went to the ground and, uh, um, yeah, uh, there's different levels of wrestling. Greco-Roman, I guess, just doesn't quite translate to, uh, you know, getting a big win here. And Dawson got the submission win and uh, looked good doing it. It was amazing because he out-wrestled an Olympic wrestler. But the way that he wrestled was different than the way that Madsen's always wrestled. Because yeah. Greco-Roman wrestling is more to do with the midsection where what Dawson was doing was attacking his legs at all times and going for the single leg takedown all the time, over yeah. and over and over again. And Madsen looked lost. He didn't know actually how to combat that. No. So that's a huge hole in his game because yeah. he's supposed to be able to go in there and not worry about grappling. He's supposed to be able to outgrapple everybody else. But Dawson yeah. found a chink in his armor and worked it to his advantage. Won the fight. Yeah. Yeah. They both got one loss, but Dawson looked uh, much superior. 19 1 and 1. Madsen finally uh, has a blemish on his record. But uh, Dawson, uh, once he got on the microphone, he called out Tony Ferguson. Um, we'll see if that uh, gets pulled together. I heard uh, a few other possible opponents for Dawson Jalen Turner, Mateus Gamrot, Gregor Gillespie, possibly more likely than. Then Ferguson. 
And uh, I heard with Mark Madsen, maybe Joel Alvarez could be his his next opponent. And um, yeah, uh, good main card. A lot of good fights, a lot of good performances. Uh, why don't we quickly hit the prelims? Uh, Miranda Maverick gets a big decision win over Shayna Young. Um, this this card actually had five fighters miss weight when they hit the scales on Friday. Uh, it would have set the all-time record for most fighters to miss weight, but Shanna Young decided to cut off five inches of her hair so she could make weight, and uh, so only four ended up over the weight limit. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure if it, it worked for her because uh, Miranda Maverick was a far superior fighter in this one. Um, great strikes, early takedowns. Uh, outstruck her 158 to 25, uh, 52 to 24 significant strikes. Uh, lots of five takedowns, eight over eight and a half minutes of ground control time. And uh, this was a easy unanimous decision win by Mara Maverick. Oh, yeah. Um, Maverick, once she was able to get this fight to the to, to, to the mat, then it was it was her world. And yeah. Young had no chance against her once it got down to the grappling and down to the mat. She just had no answers when she was down there. None. Zero. Uh, she called out uh, Molly McCann uh, saying she, she wants her next. But Molly's fighting next weekend against uh, uh, Aaron Blanchfield. So uh, she's definitely going to have to wait uh before um molly comes in but uh that was her her call out and um yeah we'll see what's next for Mara maverick but uh yeah she looked she looked impressive and um uh i think uh yeah sky's sky's the limit for her she's she's looking great um okay this uh this fight between uh mario batista and benito lopez was uh, really a one-sided affair. This was just a beatdown. Uh, Batista got 50K for this great performance. Um, he was able to uh, uh, get a triangle, uh, throw in a lot of uh, elbows, and then got an arm bar, uh, forced to tap just at the very end of the round. And, uh, yeah, this was, uh, to me, this was a one-sided affair. It, it was, uh, Lopez was not really in this fight at all. He beat him at every level of the game. Beat him on the feet, got to the ground, beat him in the grappling, beat him in jujitsu, got him in the in the craziest reverse triangle submission because it was yeah. completely backwards the way he had it done. But it yeah, worked, yeah. obviously, because it was locked in. And I'm looking at it going, like, you know, like for me, I, I look at like the dimensions and the angles and I'm like, how did he even figure out to get the triangle that way? Yeah. Which, which, to me... That That's just cool. denotes like the amount of skill that he has, which is an incredible amount of skill. And then, so on top of that, he could have just gone for the arm, arm triangle choke, but he goes, no, I also have the arm here, so I'm just going to, and then I'll almost break his arm, he'll tap, and it was over. So. Of course, tap, yeah. I've heard really good things about Batista. He's a teammate of Sean O'Malley's, and uh, a lot of people are saying um, that's a real good prospect and up-and-comer that we got to keep our eye on, and and uh, this was, yeah, just an absolute slaughter. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, very unique choke, like you say, uh, to get to, to be on your back, having the other guy on his back and have the triangle sunk in like that. 
and then take the arm. Uh, yeah, he's he's obviously super skilled. No, no, he's incredibly skilled and definitely somebody to keep an eye on going forward because he was able to do that to a pretty good fighter in Lopez. Yeah. Uh, 50K, I mentioned uh, go to Batista. 50K also goes to Pollyanna Viana. Uh, she got a really great knockout. Um, uh, just great straight combos. Uh, was able to knock down Julian Fry. Uh, jump on her, hit her with hammer fists, and Herb Dean was able to stop it. It was the fourth fastest finish in women's strawweight history, less than a minute, and uh, really quick and brutal performance by Vienna. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, she kind of, I think it started off with the knee up the middle, and then she kind of just exploded into a combination that basically took Fry, Fry out, it just mm. took her right out. She stiffened mm. up. And she did a little bit of ground and pound, but that was enough. And fantastic win by Vienna. Complete domination. Um, only Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas have more uh, finishes than Vienna. And um, that's pretty elite company. Uh, talk about her and Jessica Penne next. Uh, that should be um, that should be great. Great fight, and uh, yeah, I would like to see that battle, actually. Um, I do want to mention that um, uh, first fight of the night, uh, Tamaris Vidal got a uh, knockout of uh, Ramona Pasquale. Uh, she also got a 50K bonus, um, was able to drop her with a huge knee, uh, and then got the TKO victory. Uh this was only the third uh, third fight in USV history where a knee strike uh, led to the TKO win. Ronda Rousey and Jermaine Randomy were the two others that had victories that way. So, um, yeah, great performance from uh, a young prospect to just kick off the uh, the prelims. Yeah, well, always a great, great way to kick off any UFC when it when it starts when it starts with the stoppage of another fighter, and it was yeah. it was fantastic that she did it with a knee because we don't see that very often, obviously, from uh, the ladies. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've we're uh, less than a week away from UFC two eighty one Madison Square Garden. Uh, this is going to be a hell of a card. Incredible fights that I'm super excited and looking forward to. Obviously, the trilogy fight between uh, Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Pereira having two wins over Adesanya in uh, glory kickboxing. Pereira did KO Adesanya and uh, also um, got a, a decision win over him uh, before. Um, Adesanya has obviously progressed and and you know became the style bender and the champion and. Uh, you know, really one of the greatest fighters of all time. Uh, it, this is going to be interesting. I, I'm actually quite excited. I think Pereira does hold a, you know, does have a chance in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out. I think uh, Izzy could throw a little wrinkle into his game. He could wrestle him. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that we haven't seen Pereira, Pereira is very good at at fainting for the knees or the uppercuts if you're going to shoot in on him. 
But I think Izzy's savvy enough and has fought this guy enough to know what he's looking for. And so if he wants to take the path of least resistance, because I believe if you get Pereira down to the ground, I don't think he's going to be doing much once he's down there. Izzy can, because he's he's proven that he can get up, he can do all these other things. I think you may see him try to wrestle Pereira. Stand up yeah. on his feet, mix it's it up. Hard. But then but then once once he gets him used to being in the stand-up, then just take him down and yeah. then beat him up. I, I think sense. that's exactly what he should do, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah, I think he should do that too. And uh, yeah, I think Pereira has yet to really uh, prove in MMA that uh, he's proficient enough on the ground. Uh, you know, and Adesanya's been in there with everyone. So uh, yeah, the only blemish being uh, Jan Blahovich, but um, Pereira's not the same size as Blahovich, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, and I think Jan had like, you know, 40 pounds on Izzy in that yeah. fight, if not more. So yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um i'm actually looking forward to the uh women's strawweight battle between uh asparza and uh weili zhang i think zhang's gonna win this fight i yep. think um yeah uh as is would you uh would you agree yeah 100 percent. i i have no doubt that what weili zhang is probably gonna do is this well you guys didn't actually fight last time you fought and you won the belt allegedly so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to take your belt away from you. I think yeah. that's exactly how Wei Li Zhang is going to go. I think she's going to be ultra aggressive in this fight. I don't think she's worried about Esparza's grappling at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think he, she's going to just try to run right through her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, w- I would be super shocked if she didn't do that. Uh, Esparza did not impress last time. Just sort of got the belt by default. And um, yeah, but uh, Wei Li uh, is aggressive and always has been and probably always will be. Yeah. And also, too, I want to I just want to add a little something. So I saw this on Instagram again. I guess Wei Li Zhang was hanging out with like the heavyweight champ, uh, Francis Ngannou. And so she was showing how she would enter in on him. She picked him up. She shot him and picked him up on the show. And we're talking about Francis Ngannou, 260, 265 pound man. And little wow. Wei Li Zhang shot in, picked him up. And then Francis is like, oh, oh okay. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's why cool. I'm looking at her going, yeah, I don't think Car- she's afraid of what Carla Esparza is going to do on the ground. I don't oh, think shit. She's wow. Pick, picking up and gun. I got to see that. I can't wait to see that online. Oh, holy cow. That's impressive. No, I, it was very impressive. Very holy impressive. God. Very cool. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Dustin and Diamond Poirier against Michael Chandler. Um, these two guys, uh, yeah, they're gonna bring it. They always have, and uh, I, I think this is gonna be a hell of a fight. That could be the best fight of the night. Period. Yeah. Out of all the prelims, main card, that could be the best fight of the night because we know if there's one thing that we know is Chandler is not afraid. He will just he will just keep coming. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He just he doesn't mind taking punishment. And Poirier loves dishing it out. They both do. So I think that that could possibly be the best fight of the night. Yeah. Um, Frank Edgar's last fight going into retirement, supposedly. Uh, that's uh, his swan song. What a hell of a career. Uh, did way more than anybody ever expected. I was able to hold the belt and, and get some very massive, massive wins in his career. And uh, I think he's headed for the Hall of Fame. 
You should be. He's deserved that. He's earned that. Um, I would love to see him go off with a win, but he's going to be in tough against uh, Chris Gutierrez. Real yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hooker's on the card. Uh, there's actually four fighters from New Zealand City Kickboxing on the card. Uh, Hooker's one of them, starting off the main card. Uh, should be fun. Brad Riddell is also one of the City Kickboxing guys. Uh, he is the featured prelim fight against Hanato Moicano. Uh, Dominic Reyes, haven't seen him for a while. Uh, former title challenger, getting an opportunity to... To fight Ryan Spann should be great. Uh, that, that'll be a hell of a fight. I I, I can guarantee it. Oh yeah, uh, those first two fights. Um, those those yeah those two fights that you just mentioned, Brad Riddell and Dominic Reyes. I think those fights are going to be fantastic. Those those are going to be very very good, um, high energy fights. Yeah. And the uh, the first fight of the night on the early prelims, uh, Carlos Olberg, uh, the fourth fighter from uh, City Kickboxing in New Zealand. I'm not sure why uh, four New Zealanders. I guess they thought, oh, we might as well get them all over here. We could uh, maybe get a deal on the flights, uh, fly their whole team over, four of the guys all the way to Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah, there'll probably be a lot of New Zealand guys in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably what they're thinking, and uh, you know what, it 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 kind of makes sense to be honest with you, to get so so many people from a certain country to just to come over for mm -hmm. a certain UFC because it's just like all right, we'll just get all of you guys in or most of you guys in right now. We don't have to worry yeah. about fights and shit. That's true. Yeah, uh, Car mm -hmm. Carolina Kovalevich, I actually really like watching her. Uh, Julio Arce, yeah, th this is a. Great card, can't wait. Uh, UFC 281 from Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena on the planet. Uh, yeah, this 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 will be fun. Um, as always, uh, UFC just keeps coming with great fights, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the most stacked cards of the year. They've been doing this last few years, putting in that this November card. In Madison Square, uh, we remember Connor being there. We remember some of the biggest fights uh, ever the USC's put on, and um, I think this this card has the makings of a, a really a very very memorable one. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great card uh, from top to bottom. You got great fights. Um, it should be very memorable. It should be a memorable night. Um, okay, <laughs> let's finish off with the NBA. Um, all 30 teams were playing today. Uh, they have 15 matchups, uh, no games tomorrow because of the elections, uh, south of the border, all the way through the U S uh, great move on the NBA's part. I uh, wish all leagues would have done this. Uh, just make sure that uh, people have the opportunity to go out and vote, uh, not just the players, but the fans and the team, team staff, uh, the whole organization, uh, NBA does a lot of things that, that are right, and this was a really good move on their part. Yeah, it's a great move. It's a fantastic move because like they're they're encouraging people to vote and they're encouraging them by 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 being forward, being front forward by not actually having any games on. By just yeah. saying, we love you to vote and we're gonna encourage you to vote by just not having any games to distract you from voting. Yeah. So just go out and vote. I think that's a great move. 
Uh, awesome. Very, very great. And uh, yeah, good. Uh, there was um, tons of games today. Uh, I am currently watching Cleveland beat L.A. Uh, Cleveland went into L.A., beat the Lakers, beat the Clippers, beating them again tonight. Uh, 111.99 with four minutes and 50 seconds left. And uh, Cleveland uh, second place in the Eastern Conference at 8-1. Uh, Bucks are undefeated still, 9-0, best team in the league. And uh, they they play Atlanta today. I'll, I'll see um, what the score is uh, in a sec. But, um, yeah, looking really good. Giannis, Giannis is uh, second in the league in points per game, second in the league in rebounds. And, um, obviously – uh, with Brogdon there, Brooke Lopez there, man, this team has come together and, uh, yeah, just what a, what a great start. Nine and oh, seven and oh at home, two and oh on the road and, uh, six and oh in their conference. Um, yeah, <laughs> un unstoppable, uh, definitely the front runner to win it all. Again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, uh, with the fact that Giannis is just doing Giannis things, he's, once again, going to be right there for the MVP of the league. Drew Holiday is going to be right there, you know, helping out with like his stellar defense. He's one of the best <coughs> on-ball defenders that they have in the league. Uh, Middleton's now back. As long as those, as long as the team can stay somewhat healthy as they enter the playoffs, and none of their top three guys are missing, Holiday, mm -hmm. Middleton, Giannis don't have any injuries. They definitely, they I, I think they should be a favorite for winning the whole thing. Yeah. Now, now, before I actually had my favorite to be Cold State, but oh man, if I look at their record, oh, oh no, no, that's not that's not very good because they're only a game up from the Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with Golden State. They're really struggling. Yeah. It has yeah. been a very weird beginning to the season. I, I'm not sure. If anybody can put a finger on exactly why they're struggling so bad, but um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody ex ex expected it to be this way so far. No, I I know I definitely did not. But you know what? I I think one of the things that's wrong with the Warriors is right now their defense is not locked in. They can score, but they're 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 letting the other teams score way too easily. So their yeah. defensive rotations and things of that nature, it's not locked in right now. So they're not doing very well on the defensive end. They're not taking care of the defensive end of, of, uh, of the court. And so that's the one thing that's glaring that needs to be rectified for them to start winning some games for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. I got breaking news. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks have had their first loss of the season. Uh, Atlanta Hawks beat them 117-98 today. Uh, so Cleveland, it looks like they're moving to nine and one. Milwaukee falls to nine and one. Uh, great game by Atlanta. Trey Young was out and not playing today. So um, everybody stepped up in his absence and uh, got the big win. Uh, we see uh, six players in double figures leading the way. Uh, DeJounte Murray, big pickup from the Spurs this offseason, 25 11 assists and eight rebounds and uh aj griffin had 24 um the whole team uh played great Clint capella in the middle with another 12 rebounds and a huge win for atlanta seven and three on the year pushing milwaukee to their first loss 
Yeah, that's a that's a big time win. Big time win, especially considering that they were missing one of their um, all time studs in in uh, Trey Young wasn't there to wasn't available to play, and they still got the win against well the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, big win. Uh, Cleveland, man, uh, this team is awesome to watch. Super fun. This is going to be a great year for them. Uh, they have not made the playoffs without LeBron being there since 1998. Uh, so, you know, this team needed to make some big moves, obviously getting Donovan Spider Mitchell there, uh, being able to, you know, solidify this team and, and finally becoming one of the top teams in the league. It's been a long time coming. Uh, love seeing Karis LeVert there. This team is, is great to watch, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a fun season for those Cavs fans. Yeah. Because they see, they just have a little bit of everything for their team. They they literally have a little bit of everything, and as I've said before, Mitchell is the the perfect addition of what they needed, and he's been playing high level, like better than what he played at in the in Utah. Like he yeah. has been absolutely stellar, magnificent, and on top of that, he's actually hustling on defense. When he was in Utah for the last couple of years, he kind of just gave up that part. Like he was just, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm disinterested. Now that he's joined the Cavs, he's actually playing defense, and it's, it's definitely paying dividends. And now that Darius Garland has actually come back, they, they, those two have amazing chemistry in the backcourt. Yeah, and yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Cavs right now, to me, as I, as I've been watching like the association, watching all the games, they, they're looking like second best team in the league right now. Yeah. Because they, they're, yeah. they're just that good. They're that good. Yeah, very <laughs> incredible performance. Um, they were able to beat the Lakers on the weekend. Um, that was only the second time that LeBron's ever lost to Cleveland in his career. He lost once while he was with Miami back in, uh, what is it, 2011? Um, so, Yeah. Cleveland hates when LeBron doesn't play there, and when he do, does face them, they they almost always lose. Uh, that was twenty meetings, uh, only second loss ever to Cleveland for LeBron. Uh, LeBron's had a tough start to the year, though. Um, he just went through an O for sixteen stretch in three pointers. Finally, made a three last night to break that streak. Uh, Lakers are down a two and seven on the year. And, um, yeah, this, this is, uh, this is tough. I don't know if they can climb out of this hole. I, I don't see this team being able to even sniff at the playoffs this year, the way they're going. No, no. Uh, again, they're, they're just not very good. Yeah. And, and how about this? LeBron's going to do LeBron things. Like, you know, even in that game you just mentioned where they lost to the Cavs 114 to 100, LeBron had 27 points, seven rebounds. So he's going to be fine. It's just the yeah. rest of the team that, like, you know, stinks. And yeah. on top of that, all I'm doing is waiting for Anthony Davis to be injured and be gone for like a third of the season. I don't know when yeah. that's going to happen, but it is going to happen because it always yeah. does. So. Yeah, they both LeBron and AD have been listed as probable uh, every game. They're uh, they're nagging injuries that uh, they're not sure 100% that they're playing. Uh, They've they've both sat out a few games already. And uh, yeah, it's just sort of par for the course. 
this entire year and the last few seasons for both these guys. And I think, uh, yeah, we're going to see. Uh, yeah. We're both of them probably will play about 50 games each and uh, that'll be it. So, um, okay. Uh, so we got bucks, the Cavs Celtics are third in the conference. Uh, they got big wins uh, over the weekend with against Chicago and, and New York uh, Brown and Brown had 30 and Tatum and 26 in their big 133-118 went over the Knicks. And um, Tatum had 36 and 12. Brogdon had 25 in their win against the Bulls, 123-19 on Friday. Uh, DeRozan was huge in that game. He had 46 in the losing cause there. And um, Bulls have fallen down to 5-6, and six, ninth in the division. But, um, yeah, Celtics are there. We mentioned the Hawks. Uh, Hawks got that big win tonight. Uh, that makes them seven and three now on the season, uh, moving up into third, I guess, uh, past Celtics now. Uh, Raptors sitting in a good, pretty great position, fifth place in the conference right now, uh, six and four. Um, I think they pulled, uh, got the loss tonight, unfortunately, against Chicago. They were doing a home and home, and I heard that, um, Many of the teams, like the Raptors, I think they have nine back-to-back games like that this year. Uh, some of the top teams, like Milwaukee, Cleveland, L.A., um, yeah, they've got maybe two or three of these. I don't know how Toronto got such a bad, bad schedule, but uh, nine back-to-backs. Uh, they beat Chicago yesterday, but uh, lose to them tonight. But um, this team has been fun to watch. Loving Fred Van Viet, Scott, Scotty Barnes. Uh, Pascal Siakam, unfortunately, is going to be out a couple weeks with an injury, but um, this team is going to stay in that in that mix all season. I can tell. Yeah, they're going to be relevant all season. They're going to be good, and they're just gonna, they're just going to be a tough team to beat. They're going to be a tough team to play night in, night out. Let's go down to that team in eleventh place in the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving getting <laughs> suspended finally. Um, you had some comments about uh, this possibly being the end of his time in, in Brooklyn. Uh, this could be maybe the end of his time in the league. Uh, he has to meet with Adam Silver tomorrow to discuss the possibility of getting reinstated, uh, possibility of playing games. Uh, he's been suspended by the team. I think possibility the he gets suspended by the league, and um, this guy just doesn't understand, doesn't learn. Uh, more trouble for him, and uh, this is getting frustrating to to see a guy with so much talent, uh, so much ability, but just continuously shoots himself in the foot and and just uh, makes really, really dumb, uh, very horrible moves all the time, and and uh, this is you know biting him again. Uh, he's already served two games of this five-game suspension. Earliest he could return is the November 13th against the Lakers. But as I said, meeting with Adam Silver tomorrow, we'll see what uh, happens after that. Kyrie Irving is one of those guys where he doesn't care about what you think. He cares about what he thinks. And then also, too, you're not going to tell him anything because he doesn't want to listen to you. Because right. he knows better than you. He's always doing better than you, except right. 
in this particular instance. Now, the movie that he was that he he tweeted out or he linked, I did a little bit of research. I didn't watch the damn movie. All right, I'm just gonna say that. But I, I looked into the movie and I I was wanted to know what was so anti-Semitic about it. And there's just some of the views that were said. For me myself, I would never link that movie to anything associated with me. Because I know that some of the stuff was utter bullshit. Just wow. nonsense. Just sure. nonsense. I'm sorry. I think mean, no. I, I all I had to do was read detailed analysis and I go, well, that's not true. That's that's nonsense. That's fucking garbage. Like, like it's just no, no. man. You don't associate yourself with something like that, especially right. something that you know that's a powder keg. But yeah. with Kyrie, he just goes, "Well, I do," because nobody can tell me nothing. Yeah. Nobody. Now, like yeah, that, his defiance is uh, just maddening. It's just crazy. Yeah, he he just says, "Yeah, nobody can tell me what to do." Um, I I think this this suspension could last a while because uh, supposedly. These are the things that he has to do to be reinstated by the team. He must apologize and condemn the film he promoted. He must make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes. He must complete sensitivity training, complete anti-Semitism training. He needs to meet with Jewish leaders, and he needs to meet with team owner Joe Sy to demonstrate an understanding of the entire situation. And... Uh, that checklist, I feel like he's going to we'll say no to about three or four of them. So uh, yeah. will he dig his heels in and say, no, I'm not doing that? And, uh, yeah, it might, might be out for a while. Yeah, and to me, I find it funny, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I believe he's still part of my race. Kyrie's a black man, and we've been dealing with this bullshit for centuries. And so for somebody of his nature, his stature, to do that to another disadvantaged group? What are you, an idiot? I know he said now, he's come out to say, I'm not anti-Semitic. How about this, moron? Why didn't you just say that right from the beginning? No. Why didn't you just say that to alleviate all of this? None of this had to happen if he had just said that right from the get-go, saying, oh, I think I'm being misunderstood here. I thought there were some some actual relevant things within the movie, besides some of the nonsense, that actually you could take away from. But yeah. at the end of the day, not anti-Semitic. Like that's all he had to do was just to clarify that clear the air, clarify it, make sure that everybody knows I I hey, I am not against Jewish people. I am not here to condemn like people of, of, of the Jewish culture. I I'm a supporter, I'm an ally. If you just said things of that nature, none of this would have happened. But then when he goes, he, he becomes defined and says, I will not stand down. Well, guess what? Neither will Adam Silver. Neither will your boss. Neither will all of them. They're not going to stand down either. What they're going to do, is they're going to they're gonna make sure that you understand exactly what you've done. No. And they're going to hold you accountable for what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. No, so so now that you've taken responsibility, which apparently that's another thing that he said, is he really going to take responsibility? Because being being responsible means that you're going to take action to learn from what you've done, like you know, try to learn from your mistakes. I don't think he's going to do any of that. Shit. Mm. I don't think he's going to do any of it. So this could be this could be it for him. This could be yeah. This could be it. Yeah, this could be it. 
it's 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 crazy that you know we have to you know constantly be talking in in such negative terms about a guy you know you'd think he would champion causes he would you know try to uh you know further the causes of people that have you know had uh tough tough things uh, done to them said about them you you'd think he would be uh really siding with people like this but um yeah it just seems like he doesn't get it and doesn't understand and i i won't miss him i won't miss him if he's gone for the league for a while uh because it's just constantly me just going like what the hell is this guy doing now why is he saying this why is he doing this and it, it's just become very 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 frustrating and tough and and um yeah maybe maybe he'll learn this time but i i really doubt it i doubt it as well like i i just do like i just i don't see this as something that he's going to capitulate to that he's going to be like you know what i was wrong i'm going to do the right thing yeah i don't think you're that guy i don't mm -hmm. think you're that guy i don't think you're ever going to say that you're wrong and i don't think you're actually going to go through with all the things that checklist of things that they want him to do yeah, he's not going to do that either. Maybe he'll mm -hmm. do a couple of things. He'll do what he feels is necessary. Not what they feel is necessary, but what he feels is necessary, which means that he's not going to be coming back to the team. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I would. I, I actually uh, spoke a little too soon. Um, the Clippers have made a huge comeback. Uh, they're on a 17-3 to run the last four and a half minutes. Uh, they have not allowed... Uh, Cleveland to get a field goal in about four, a little over four minutes. Uh, they're ahead 115, 114, 15 seconds left. Um, yeah, it, it, to me, it looked like uh, Cleveland had it wrapped up, but uh, somehow the Clippers defense has played phenomenal. And uh, 17 3 run in the last four and a half minutes. So, um, yeah, crazy. Uh, amazing that they were able to go on this run and. Uh, yeah, they might be able to pull out a victory that uh, seemed like Cleveland's Cleveland's for sure. It seemed like it was in the bag. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes uh, those those dry streaks can come right at the horrible time. Worst and time. especially with the fact that uh, the Cavs had it in the bag, like you just said, and then couldn't score again. No. Sucks. Bizarre, bizarre. Um, okay, just – Briefly, let's talk about the Western Conference. Uh, Jazz, uh, top of the conference, eight and three record, stunning everybody after getting rid of Gobert and Mitchell. Uh, they they got rid of uh, four of their starters from last season. And uh, how are they doing this? How are they pulling off this incredible run and uh, playing so damn well? I guess Danny Ainge is a freaking genius. <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess that's what happened. He's just like, I'm just gonna blow up the team and see what happens. He's like, oh, I'm a genius. Look at, look at that. I'm saving money. We're we're winning. Like basically, what the Jazz are doing. Like I, I looked at their their stats from last game, last game that they played. So Markinen has 18 points, nine rebounds. Conley Jr. 17 points by with seven seven rebounds. Clarkson 23 points, five assists, and Colin Sexton 22 points. They're doing it by committee. Wow. Any one of those four guys I just mentioned can be the guy or, mm -hmm. or somebody else entirely. And, right. and that's the great thing about the Jazz. What the Jazz are actually doing, which is what this, this sounds weird for me even to say it, they're playing team basketball. Whereas <laughs> no real superstars, 
but we are all going to work together towards the common goal of winning the damn game. And so it doesn't matter who scores all the points as long as somebody's scoring. And I, and I think, and I think that's awesome because they literally have found this, this, this genie in a bottle because Danny Ainge is just like, I'm just going to get rid of everybody and see what happens. Oh, would you look at that? We're winning. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is uh yeah, this is shocking to everyone. Uh, everyone thought the Jazz were going to be uh, definitely one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in basketball after cleaning house like that, getting rid of Bogdanovich too. And just, it, it, this is crazy and uh, amazing. And hopefully they can keep it up. This could be one of the best sports stories of the year. Yeah, hopefully they can. And like right now they're, they're, they're tops in the West at eight and three, followed by the Suns and the Grizzlies at seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Blazers and Nuggets, uh, right behind them, six and three. Mavs, five and three. Uh, Luka Doncic leading the league and scoring 36 points a game and uh, uh, trying to uh, finally get that MVP that uh, you said he's gonna probably hoist one day. Oh, yeah, no, no, he's that that's definitely a thing, that's definitely going to happen because the man he scores like Michael Jordan does now, like he's just that's who he is. No, he can just he can do. So many incredible things. Like the, just the other day, I saw him just basically playing with the defender, in and out dribble, back and forth. And then even his footwork is just so exceptional. Yeah. So exceptional. Really so, awesome. yeah, man, uh, Luca is he's the future of the league, and the league has never been in better hands. Never yeah. been in better hands. That's true. Um, okay, 117-115, Clippers. Uh Clippers are about to inbound the ball, 11.4 left. Uh, they were down by 13 with 4.50 left. And uh, it looks like, oh, okay, they fouled. Eight seconds left. Uh, Clippers going to the line. Yeah, I, I think Clippers are going to pull this off. Uh, 19 to 4 run. And um, wow. Uh, Steve Ballmer is just jumping around, uh, having a having a conniption, having a fit over there, and uh, this is a big one. This is a huge one by the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that win, they'll go to six and five. They'll so one, one one game above five hundred. Oh, the only thing that's kind of odd with the Clippers right now is what, what I I don't really know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. He's obviously yeah. on a minutes restriction. They're obviously keeping like. His return to play kind of schedule is, I don't know what's going on there because there's yeah. been some games that he's actually missed now and he hasn't played for a year. Yeah. So, is that mode, knee mode management, uh, they call yeah. it, but uh, he's also uh, got a couple nagging injuries from what I hear. And yeah. uh, John Wall, I think, got COVID. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's not there, but um, yeah, Clippers. Have been used to Kawhi not being there, and uh, yeah, they can still they can still win. Yeah, they can still win, and they still have Paul George, so they still have a superstar there. Um, but you know what? It'd be it'd be nice that whatever those injuries or those nagging things, because obviously the knee thing is always just going to be a continual thing with Kawhi. As long as they can maybe shore up the rest of his injuries, hopefully we can see him on the court a little bit more than what we have. Yeah. Uh okay. Oh wow. Okay. 119, 115, four and a half seconds left. Uh they just fouled Donovan Mitchell on a three-pointer. 
with four and a half seconds left. So he's going to the line for three and uh, can push it to a one-point advantage with four and a half seconds left. So not over yet. Uh, this could uh, be a bit, but holy shit. Uh, yeah, Mitchell's Mitchell's uh, to the line for three, hit the first one, down by three. Possibility of getting it to two. Could be a good finisher. We'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, let's see. Okay, he's about to get his second. Down to a two-point game here. One more at the line to push it to a one-point game. Four and a half seconds left. Clippers will have to inbound the ball. Do they mm-hmm. have any timeouts? I don't think they have any timeouts left, so they're going to have to inbound from underneath the hoop uh let's see let's see let's see are you watching it too you got it on no i do not have it on okay oh he purposely missed but they did not get the, the rebound, rebound. It's, it's, over. Oh, it's, it's over it's it that's it and that'll uh come to a close the uh podcast man uh <laughs> fun fun to cover uh Cover the NFL, the UFC, and NBA as always. And uh, yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was great. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for doing it, uh, even though you're still a little sick and had a sick weekend at home. Appreciate yeah. you putting the effort in and uh, us us getting able to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I always appreciate it. Always fun, and uh, I guess I'm looking forward to getting a very short week at work. Yeah, you're you're only having to put in uh, what three day three days three days. Yeah, that would be nice. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, buddy. Have a great night. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, I think it went over a couple hours again. Uh, appreciate you sticking in. Thanks so much for all your support. Uh, yeah, it is a loss. Uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, win for the LA Clippers, 119, 117 finished. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, want to thank our partners and sponsors, appreciate your support as always, and um, yeah, thanks uh, for tuning in. Tell your friends and family, uh, check out our websites, and uh, we will talk soon. Love you lots, take care of yourself, bye for now.